Welcome to the Three Way Podcast. Just a reminder to our listeners uh, what platforms we're on. Currently, we're on Anchor, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbacks, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and so on. Uh, just a reminder, please uh, go on, comment uh, what you would like to hear from us, possible future guests, uh, and etc. If you love the radio, uh, like what we're doing with it, please comment. Positive and negatives are okay as and, well. And uh, it's actually so they could even contact us through email on our IG. Just click on the email icon and uh, you could send us an email, give us tips, anything you, you think we should talk about, and we'll take it from there. So now let's just uh, start off by introducing our guest. Okay, so today we have a, a very good friend of ours, Vartan Avanesian. Uh, he is a life and success coach and a certified Proctor Gallagher consultant. Vartan, welcome to our show. Welcome Hi to guys. the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super, super excited to uh, to actually be on this podcast, so I'm honored. Thank awesome. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Why, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a background on you, like how... Uh, before before the, the well, before anything part. Yeah. we want we just want to say uh, thank you for serving our country oh, thank you vartan is a marine yes yes veteran I, yes i'm a i'm a united states marine corps veteran um i served uh for 5 years um from 2004 to 2009 wow awesome yeah. Yeah. how how was that experience for you you know uh it it's it was an amazing experience for me it definitely was um like any other experiences in life, you know, you have your ups and your downs, but it's something I would definitely do again if I had to. I would not change any aspect of my life. Um, and uh, you, in a way, you'll say that it does shape who you are. It gets you prepared uh, for the real world, and uh, it does make you a better person and a stronger person for sure. Absolutely. You know, I, I feel that every single person has their own path that they have to walk, and that was my path. So, you know, whether or not you know, it was a good path or bad path is just a matter of perception. Yeah. You know, it really, that's what it boils down to. For me, it's nothing but good came from it. Nice. You know what I mean? It's, and like I said, it's, it's, it's your perception about life itself that, you know, determines whether or not you're having a personal good experience or a bad experience. Yeah. Nice. Know? Well, thank you again for that. Vartan, yes. tell, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself. What are you doing currently? Uh, okay, well, uh, since Vasu did the intro. great introduction, I appreciate <laughs> that, brother. Um, time. So, like Vasu said, I'm a life and success coach as well as a Proctor Gallagher consultant. So, essentially, what I do is I help people, you know, get results that they actually want in life. Because a lot of people are not getting the results they really want in life. And the way I actually do that is I teach or I facilitate a course um, that was developed by my mentor, um, Bob Proctor. Some of you may or may nice. not have heard of Bob. Mm -hmm. He was actually featured in a, a movie called The Secret. Uh, yes, oh, wow. yes, yeah. I, know, I know that one. We have yeah. that book. Yeah, the book. <laughs> so, and the movie, yeah. They... Right, so Rhonda Burns actually, um, she's the one who uh, wrote the book and, you know, they created that documentary for the movie The Secret, and Bob was featured on it, and he created a program, him and his CEO, Sandy Gallagher. They came up with a program called Thinking Into Results, and this is a program that I facilitate. Now, you know, Bob's been teaching this material, well, he's been studying it for 58 years almost. Wow, yeah, so a pretty long years. time. Yeah, 57 years, wow. and teaching the same material for close to 50 years now all over the world. And, you know, I, I want to kind of go back on how I first even got to this. Yeah, to this definitely. Journey, like yeah. what the journey was to even get here. Well, I don't know how far you guys want me to go back. As so. much as you like. Okay. Well, let's, let's <laughs> the better because the people will have a little bit better background on it. Sure. So uh, let's kind yeah. of start at the, at the beginning. Well, I, I immigrated to this country, okay, when I was nine years old. So this was about 24 years ago. And, um, you know, I came here with my mom, my dad, my two younger brothers. I'm the oldest of three. And, uh, you know, coming to this country, it was a, a completely different culture. Oh, right? yeah, totally. Um, as you guys know, you guys Definitely. also immigrated here as yes. well. Yep. So it's, it was something to get used to. Now, you know, growing up here, and I was born in Iran. Okay? Yeah. And my dad had cancer, right? So he was actually diagnosed with cancer and, you know, the diagnosis was if you stay in Iran, you're going to die. So he can get treatment. Treatment, yeah. 
So, you know, thankfully my father recovered fully from, from cancer, chemotherapy, radiation, and stuff like that. So I spent my first five years, right, development stages. Long story short, five years later, because the rest of our family was here, we actually moved here. So coming here, um, you know, my mom and my dad, again, moving to another country, trying to learn another language. It was very difficult for them. Um, we moved to La Crescenta. Now, La Crescenta is a very, uh, it's, a, it's a middle class, yeah. you know, upper class type of neighborhood. It's, it's near Glendale. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's uh, more towards the mountains. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parents and I moved there with my brothers because the rest of our family was there. And I started attending schools there. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad, um, you know, he he didn't graduate high school. My mom didn't graduate or she graduated high school, but she wasn't able to go to, to college or university because at the time, there was a war in Iran, and because of that, all the schools and universities were closed. Wow. So my parents, you know, brought us to the states, like most immigrant parents, because they want to give their kids a better future. Better yeah, life for sure. So while we were there, while I mean, while we came to the states, uh, or when we got to the states, you know, my parents, you know, did the best that they could for us. Now, as I was going to school, though, because we're in the upper middle class, my parents, my dad was a blue collar worker, right? Yeah. And my parents, believe me, they did everything that they could to give me everything that they, they possibly could. Now, my dad was again diagnosed with cancer. Wow. And he was a breadwinner at the time. So, again, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So, you know, uh, my dad had a pretty, pretty hard life. He didn't know what was going to happen. My mom was stressed out. So that's the type How of How old was he when, he when he was first diagnosed? Um, I don't remember his age. I think he was 30, around Oh, that's 35. pretty young, man. Yeah, 35 yeah, years old. Jesus. Yeah. So my mom also had cancer recently. Um, crazy stuff has happened. But look, my I come from a family of survivors, you know. So long story short, I grew up in a uh, in an environment that has a lot of stress, right? A lot of different things were happening. The reason I bring that up is I'm gonna lead into, you know, how we actually become who we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so we're a product of our environment. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. Now, at the time, I, you don't really realize as a child, it's all about conscious awareness. Where your conscious awareness is at the time. So what was happening is I was actually looking around and, you know, observing my friends, you know, my friends had things that I didn't have and I couldn't understand why. Like I couldn't understand how come like their parents came to the country around the same time I did. Like, like this is what like, are we doing different? Right. right yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so you start to look around. You're like, why is it they came here? Same circumstances. They their parents didn't have any more of an education than my parents did. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't have, they weren't any smarter. They didn't have any more skills. What set them apart? Why was it that they were able to provide a lot more for their kids, right? And as a child, you don't understand what that really means. You see the materialistic stuff like cars and clothes and all this other stuff that really doesn't matter in life. Correct, right? But see, that's not something you don't, you you realize until you're a little bit older. A little older through experience, right? Mm -hmm. You have to experience this. So what that did though, it caused a desire, right? It caused me to have a desire to try and find out why that was happening. So around the age of 17, I came across a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right, and now that title it was written by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, that, that was actually a really good book. Yeah, it was a really great book. Yeah. Now, but prior to that book, I didn't really read any books outside of school. Yeah. Yeah, it was textbooks, and that's it. I was more concerned about going out partying, you know, <laughs> girls drinking, doing really dumb things. Well, right? how old were you uh, at that time of the this, story? This was my my. I was a senior. Okay, so it's the perfect time to party. It's exactly. The thing. Yeah, but see, I'd already been partying for the past five years. You know what <laughs> okay. I mean? So, so long story short is um, that book kind of opened my eyes because when I started reading that book, I started to compare that to what my parents and my surroundings were telling me. See, my parents right, were telling me, look, you have three options. You become a doctor, lawyer, okay, or engineer. Yeah. Right? Because that's all they know. Right? They're pretty big fields too, though. They're great yeah. fields. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Sure. But the thing is, my parents were programmed. See, we're all programmed yeah. to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. So my parents and my uncles and everyone else around us are like, oh, this is the only way. This is the only way to become successful, right? Yeah. And I didn't know any better. Look, you're looking at adults, especially when you're younger and when you're a child. Oh, you yeah. Trust your adults, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, so whatever they say is like the gospel. Right? Yeah, you trust them. Like you, you think they know exactly, exactly. so you just follow. 
Correct. It was, it's, it's a typical thing because like, they have the knowledge, it's the golden rule. Experience. It's coming from your parents. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's it's kind of like a sure thing in a sense. Like They know for a fact if you go in the medical field. Well, those fields especially, you know, it's definitely going to be sure. like a sure thing. Sure. You know, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, great. But what if I'm not interested in that? You know, what if that's not something I want to do? Yeah. What if I want to do something completely different? What if I want to join the Marine Corps? Because I believe in doing something that's much bigger than me. What if, you know, I want to become an actor? What if, yeah. you know, I, I want to start my own business? Exactly. Right? Everyone is very unique and we oh, are, yeah. we're here to express ourselves, our uniqueness. That's what, that's what this is about. And mm -hmm. this is just a precursor to what we're going to be talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So what started happening is I started to really question my current reality which led me to more and more books and i yeah. got into personal development and the more i read the more i realized i think my parents got it backwards i think my parents are wrong yeah so what i started doing is i started actually challenging my parents and their viewpoints and it caused a lot of problems there was a lot of friction right so i actually wanted to join the marine corps right out of high school but my parents you know, they're like, no. And this was, I mean, 9-11 had just happened. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was a... How like, old were you when you when you actually joined? I was 19. Wow. I was 19 wow. when I joined because my parents, right? Went, look, I took an ASVAP exam, right? Mm -hmm. so that's the test you take to see, you know, what kind of jobs you would qualify yeah. for, right? Yeah. In the military, in different branches. And my phone was ringing off the hook because apparently I did really well, right? So... I wanted to join the, the, the military. My, my cousin had actually joined the Air Force, and he'd been pushing me to, to join oh, wow. the Air Force as well. It's like, you know, it's really good. It's, be really was he good. actually like one of the ones that flew the jets? or He's, Okay, so a lot of people don't know this, but a very small percentage of the Air Force actually flies. Okay, like something like 2%. Yeah. The rest are there to support. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so my my cousin okay. actually just worked on the jet engines. Nice. That's okay? that's still cool, man. No, it's wow. great. Nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he has a big experience in a sense that you could actually use that to make a career after you leave the Air Force. Absolutely. That is incredible. Absolutely. And you know, basically, long story short, is I started to expand my knowledge. Right. Yeah. I started to read more and more and more, and I started to you know have you know very profound experiences and. That just led to one thing after another. But again, I want to go back to kind of what happened with the military. See, my parents actually, they said, listen, we're not going to sign the paperwork because when the recruiters were coming and trying to talk to me, I was 17. Yeah. Right? So my parents would not sign the paperwork. And look, my parents come from a country where the military is mandatory. Oh, right? yeah. You have like to majority go. of like smaller countries, I feel like it. that's yeah, the case. When it's you mandatory. 18, exactly. drag you actually, in. I wouldn't say smaller countries, but like. Like no, that's everywhere. Europe mostly is like that, it's, I it's think. When you hit like 18, you have to go do at least like two years. Sure. It's a man mandatory, mandatory thing, thing yeah. to serve your country. Right. Yeah. But see, here, here's the thing. But the reason why our, our military, and this is just my personal opinion, yeah. it's my belief. The reason why I think the, the U.S. military is as powerful as it is is because all the people that are there are there voluntarily. Yeah. See, people want to be there. And when you want to be somewhere like that, like it's it's – the quality is completely different. Oh, yeah, because you give it 110% instead of like, oh, man, I'm uh, forced what do I forced do? to What's be the there. Yeah. Exactly. I have to do to like make through this? Get by. Like, exactly. Leave. Exactly. <laughs> right? I'm like, I can't wait to do my time and get out. You know, one of, the, one of, one of those types <laughs> of things. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You feel like you're in prison. Exactly. <laughs> so, so my parents convinced me. They said, listen, why don't you just go to college for a year mm -hmm. and see if, you know, if you still want to join the military at that point, then at that point you can do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're an adult. You. I said, okay, you know what? All right, mom, dad. I'm going to go. Let's, let's try college for a year. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. As far as being a, a student, right, and my grades were concerned, I was never – I never thought that I was unintelligent or stupid. I was a C student. Yeah. But the reason I was a C student – see, I was that guy who would get A's on his tests. But not do, do the homework. homework. Exactly, man. I, I would never do homework assignments. And then when it came for like the final, I would get an A or a B and pass. And they're right. like, what, what's going on? I'm like, I but don't like doing homework. Isn't sure. a homework a thing where like I know in the United States, when the teacher doesn't finish the curriculum, then you get assigned homeworks because they didn't get to teach that in the classroom. Sure, sure. So I know in uh, other countries it's different where uh, they don't get – a lot of places don't give out homeworks. They teach you everything in class. In like, class. What's the homework? If you if you don't understand that homework, 
how the hell do they expect you to do that homework at home and get it right? Or that assignment, understanding yeah. Of it? Mm-hmm. Sure. That's what I really didn't realize how that works. Well, well the important part, I feel like, of that is just uh, you really show what your knowledge on those like final exams. That's mm-hmm. the, that's when you really show if you actually learn something in class. Sure. But see, here's the thing, though. Like, I, I, the reason why I didn't really care for homework was because I – wanted to spend my time doing the things I wanted to spend my time on. No, oh, yeah. of course. Which was hanging out with my friends and having yeah. a good time. You know, that's really what I care. Like, I didn't really have any desire to go to college because I didn't even know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right? The reason I wanted to do, like, join the, the Marine Corps or the, mil- the military in general is because it just looked appealing to me. It was something most people don't do. And for whatever reason, I gravitated towards things that are difficult. See, the reason I joined the Marine Corps, not the Air Force, and no offense to the Air Force or any other yeah, branches, yeah, because it's the more it's it's a it's a difficult branch. A lot yeah. of people recognize that. We all know that, right? A lot of people know it's a very difficult it's hardcore. branch to be in. So I mean we have the longest boot camp, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure whoever's <laughs> gonna comment is gonna be a pissing contest right now, you know? <laughs> I got we got to get into that boot camp though. I got uh, how hardcore it is just to go through that. You know what it is, man. Look, everything we do is 100% mental. It's 100%. They'll t- they'll tell you, look, it's, you know, uh 90%, you know, um mental and the rest is physical, yeah. right? 10% is physical. Yeah. It's not. Everything is comes from the mind. Well, let me tell you what boot camp did for me. See, the reason why I don't regret it is because the military, especially boot camp, it shattered my limitations, my self-imposed limitations. Yeah. What I mean by that is we are capable of so much more than we realize. But it's not until we get pushed past our limits where we really start to understand that. Yeah. And boot oh, camp yeah. was the first time I actually experienced You got that. pushed to the limits. Pushed way past my own limits that I had set for myself, yeah. right? Not just mentally well, I mean, it's all mental, but physically as well, yeah. you know? So I didn't realize I can actually go that many days without any kind of sustenance other than an orange or an apple, wow. you know? Like, that's all you really get. There's a part of our training that that was like that. Now, I mean, I can't even – I mean, the SEALs, you guys know. I'm sure you guys have looked into that type of yeah. stuff. The SEALs go through some crazy oh. harsh training, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. And that's not for everybody, right? I like the when the movie American Sniper like they actually show a really good uh, like how what it takes and like how what is it like ninety percent of them don't make it. Yeah, there's a very there's a very very high, high rate of, of of failures. Yeah, and it's you know? it's not even like it's not only that it seems like that's not just a mental thing. It's also a physical thing because that's when you realize your body could either take Push that the beat up, beating up or just fail. Yeah, but you want to know something? I I mean I, I I agree with you, but let me tell you some of the baddest marines okay were smaller than me and i'm five you know five eight some of the most hardcore hard charging marines that i came across were they're not big dudes like you think it's you not a physical I mean? like it's yeah. not just physical bro it's you got to understand it's about heart yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying like it's about heart have you guys watched hacksaw ridge yes oh okay. that was a incredible yeah. movie you see what i'm saying like yeah. that's he didn't raise Hard. a gun. Yeah, help that's, his fellow man. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. that is a true story. Yeah. So n- n- that's what I mean. Like we think things are things are physical. Well, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But anyways, yeah. you know, it's I got I got some of the best leadership that you can get in the world. Mm-hmm. I learned how to become a leader. You know, um, I had other Marines that I was responsible for. Mm-hmm. You know, it. it and this is all at a very young age. Like, not too many 19-year-olds write a will. You know what I mean? But I had to come to – I had to write a will. That's crazy. Because I had to come to the realization that, you know what, man? Like, I'm – not that I – okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to give my Xbox to my brother. I didn't have yeah, much to my no, name I, at that age. But <laughs> the, the whole point is, yeah. you know, you have to come face-to-face with the fact that, you know, you may not make it. You may not come back from these deployments. Yeah. Okay. And I deployed. I was in Fallujah in 2006 for the entire year. Yeah. And I went to Iraq, and this was uh, I also was in Al Assad for a year. Wow. So, anyways, during that time, I continued reading books and kept doing personal development. Personal development, and what that did is it, it caused me to I was able to be very successful utilizing a lot of these things I read in these books and internalizing this stuff. Right. Yeah. So I set goals. 
I had set goals that at the time when I first set them, I didn't know how I was going to accomplish these goals. They just seemed so far, so far yeah. out there. I had no idea how I was going to do that. So I accomplished these goals. Not that I, not only did I accomplish them, but I surpassed these goals. Yeah. So I know this personal development material works. I know firsthand that the stuff actually works. Yeah. yeah. But for whatever reason, there were certain aspects of my life that were there was a pattern. There was a reoccurring pattern. When I got out of the military, I took a job as a defense contractor. I went to uh, Afghanistan. I was one of the youngest pro- uh, guys on the project. Wow. Okay. Um, and that I actually, I had made up my mind to become a contractor when I was in the military. Why? Because I was in the military. I was making peanuts, right? Compared to some of these other you know, civilian counterparts who are working for these private defense contracting companies who were making literally 10 times what I was making, wow. right? They were making like $250,000 at the time. And I'm, you know, busting my butt and I'm making yeah. like $20,000, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I want to be a contractor, you know? They're not any better than me. As a matter of fact, I was doing his work for him. So why not get out and, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what led me to become a defense contractor. I did that for two years. I was really good. I got promoted fairly quickly. Again, I had a lot of successes. I got tired of being away from family. That was the reason why I had to come back. I had some personal stuff I had to take care of. So I came home, came home um, and decided, you know what? I'm going to take this time to study a little bit. Now, I have a, I'm an IT background. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is actually an interesting story. See, my recruiter really took good care of me. When I took my exam, like I was telling you guys, I qualified for every position in the military. So when he asked me, what did you want to, you know, what do you want to sign up for? I wanted to be just an infantryman. And he said, okay. He's like, you can pick anything. You want to be an infantryman? I said, well, yeah, I mean, I don't, that's what I thought the Marines do. You know, I didn't know any better. He said, well, let me put it this way. He's like, like, I don't, I'm not going to stop you if that's what you really want to do. He's like, but let me ask you a question. He's like, do you plan on staying in the military for, for making a career out of it 20 years? Yeah. I said, I don't know. I haven't even been there a second. Yeah. You know, he's like, okay, well, he's like, let's just say you do decide to get out. He's like, would you like to be a police officer when you get out? Is that what you have an interest for? I said, no, not really. He's like, what about security or a bodyguard? Yeah, I said uh, I'm not built for something like that. You yeah, know? so no, I wouldn't. I, I don't look like a really good bouncer, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's like, okay. Um, he's like, okay. Well, so you see, as an infantryman, the skills that you're going to learn yeah. for the most part are going to translate in the civilian world to those types of professions. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. He's like, he's like. So I thought about it, and I, you know, I'm like, okay. He's like, so well, so what would you like to do? Is there anything else you're interested in? I thought about it. I said, well, I have an interest in electronics. I like computers. Yeah. He's like, well, I got just a job for you. And that's what led me into becoming a comms guy, communications guy nice. in the Marine Corps. So that's what I did as a defense contractor. I was doing satellite communications. I got back. When I was done with that, I started studying for my Cisco certification, Microsoft certifications. Yeah. Started doing that. And I started I got a job offering from Manchester Entertainment Group yeah. and I was doing IT work for them. And I've done a lot of different things throughout yeah. my life. A lot of different You definitely things. utilized your experience from the Marine Corps. And- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, but my passion has always been helping other people, you see. Yeah. And I know how much this material can help change a person's life. And that's of kind of what I want to get into yeah. next. Okay. So that's kind of my beginning and I'll yeah. kind of get into how I got into becoming a consultant for the practicality. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. So. Well, let's just get into like pretty much how you got into this and uh, and then what's I guess needed and then your transition, what it uh, entails. Okay. Okay. As far as what it entails. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of listening. Okay. Because that's how you find out what a person really wants. Look, your thoughts. Okay. Your results are a direct reflection of what's happening inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. A direct reflection of what's happening inside of you. Now, what do I mean by that? See, most people aren't really thinking. Bob, my mentor, says this all the time. Yeah. He said, look, most people aren't thinking. Bob's mentor actually said, you know, if most people were to say what they're thinking, they'd be speechless. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the reason, and what it means by that is scientists and researchers have proven that 
95 to 90% of what we do on a daily basis is happening at a subconscious level. It's kind of mechanical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? It's a programming, right? Mm -hmm. So this is going back to our environment, right? yeah. the way we grew up, right? So when you first come into this world, you come in kind of like a blank slate. Like think of it like your phone, right? You have something called a paradigm. Yeah. Okay. A paradigm is a collection. It's a it's a it's a collection of a multitude of your habits, mm -hmm. your ideas, your belief system, and your self image, the way you see yourself. Yeah. Okay. And this has exclusive control of your behavior. You see, your results come from what? Your behavior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Your behavior. It's, a, it's called everything in the universe operates by law. Everything in the universe operates by law. Now, there's this primary law. It's called a law of vibration. Yeah. Okay? Law of vibration states that everything is made out of energy. And everything, energy is moving from one form to another. And it cannot be created or destroyed. Yeah. It only moves from one form to another. And this energy, everything, I mean, see, most people think that you know, if I were to ask most people, who are you? What would they say? I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have to think about it. They right. would be speechless. 100%. Well, most, yeah. but instinctually, <laughs> most people say, like, if I were to ask you, who are you? You say, oh, I'm, I'm Vartan. Yeah. yeah. No, that's Vartan's your name. Yeah. Well, you start to think about it. Well, then who are you? Am I, am I this body? You're not this body. See, this body is just a molecular structure. Because, see, you don't ever say, I'm hand. Yeah. I'm head. <laughs> right? Yeah. You say, my hand. My head. Yes. Right? It's a possession. So you're not this body. Yeah. We don't have a soul. We are a soul. You're not a human having a spiritual experience. You're a spirit having a human experience. That's what we actually are. Yeah. Right? And when you understand that everything is energy, everything is constantly vibrating, is constantly moving. Everything operates by law. It's the law of cause and effect. Success operates by certain principles certain laws now you know flight we have the law of gravity for instance yes okay mm -hmm. that's a law we all know this but has have no one's ever seen gravity no one sees the we feel the force but no one's ever seen it and you know what we only have theories on how gravity works there yeah. is no scientist dead or alive who's been able to prove how it actually works we have theories but that's yeah. it but we recognize these as laws so the law of cause and effect is the same exact thing See, you know that if you do a certain thing, you're going to get certain results. If you continue to do the same thing, expecting different results, that's the definition of what? Insanity. <laughs> okay? Which is it's pretty it's much regular in everybody's life. Right. Yes. Because the thing is, most people don't understand. See, most people, like for instance, if you're going to the gym and you want to lose weight, right? The reason you're going to the gym is, okay, I want to go get healthy. I want to exercise. I yeah. want to lose weight. Whatever, right? You understand that it's your behavior that causes you to be the way you are, right? Yeah. You haven't had healthy habits, a healthy lifestyle, whatever, right? Okay. So you decide to go. Most This is what most people do. Look, New Year's is around the corner. There's going to be a hit at the gym. Right? right? Yeah. Everybody's going to be making New Year's resolutions. But Thanksgiving, New Year, Christmas, New Year's. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Right? Yeah. But what happens is most people go. And then two weeks later, they're back to doing the same thing yeah. over and over again, right? Yeah. Because the problem is most people are going after – they're trying to fix their behavior. See, the behavior is, is a cause, but it's not the root cause. It's the secondary cause. Yeah. The true cause behind why you behave the way you do is because of your paradigms. See, your mind is broken into two parts, right? Let's break it into two parts. You have a conscious mind and you have your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is your thinking mind. This yeah. is where our information is stored. Mm -hmm. This is where we do most of our thinking. We have our six mental faculties. You have your intuition. You have your perception, will, memory, reason. Yeah, I'll yeah. get into that later. The subconscious mind is where the emotional mind is. The subconscious mind, your emotional mind, that's our feeling mind. Now, what is feeling? Right? Remember I said everything is energy, right? Yeah. Now, everything vibrates. See, we can take the frequency of light. Right? Because it's vibrating at a different frequency. Yeah. Red has a different frequency. Orange has yes. a different mm -hmm. frequency. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right? Definitely. Okay. So if you if you look at that, if you look at the frequency, if you're able to measure all that frequency, that's what feeling really is. Feeling is a word we use to describe vibration that we're in. Right? When someone feels good, they have a certain – like, you know that saying when you walk into a room, right, and you're like, oh, man. I don't. I don't like the vibes. Yeah, yeah. you definitely. It, it's a. Yeah, you get that feeling. Right. I gotta ask you. So, what do you think of this uh, room with the 
this what vibe is it giving off the blue cool colors it makes me comfortable yeah it is actually pretty comfortable <laughs> that's what it I does think we'll, we'll definitely take a picture of this and post it because this is really cool yeah it's it's a definitely it's, it's a, comfortable. a cool vibe of course it is dark well not dark colors in a sense like uh the red color obviously is a warm color it's a well it depends negative on negative vibe uh, whatever uh connotation i guess it's gonna bring because it, 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 it can mean a whole bunch of things the red color Okay. Like blue, I feel like uh, like the way this is done, it kind of looks like sky a little bit, and it's relaxing. What sky? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but honestly, it's it's a very comforting color. Yeah, blue is a comforting yeah. color. Yeah, you know. But I mean, going kind of back into the whole vibration and yeah. what the vibration is for. See, here's what happens: most people are living from the outside in. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let's kind of go back to paradigms. How are our paradigms formed? Now, when I said when we come into this world, we're already programmed genetically. That's yeah. why we have traits. We look like our parents and our ancestors and so on and so forth. So what we, you see, you take in and follow, right. follow along. Basically. That's the second part. Okay. Right? So genetically, you come programmed. You have no choice. That's kind of how you come into this world, yeah. right? Yes. Or your body type, so yeah, on and yeah. so forth, right? Okay. Your hair color, eye color, etc. But the environmental conditioning that you receive is based on where you grow up. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's based on the people that you have surround that you're surrounded by the ideas and see the way paradigms form is in two ways. One is through space repetition. Yeah. Right? That's a habits form. And the other one is through an emotional impact. An emotional impact would be something like, for instance, nine 11. Yeah. When 9-11 happened, it was a huge emotional impact for the people of New York. I mean, it was felt around the world, yeah. but oh, that yeah. much more for the people of New York of and, the, and the victims, yeah. families, right? That's an emotional impact. So we can change our paradigms. Yeah. Now, again, look, our paradigms led to certain results, certain behaviors, which lead to certain results. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like your results, instead of trying to change your behavior, you have to change your paradigms. There's only, again, two ways to change a paradigm. Constant spaced repetition and an emotional impact. Now, you can't really control emotional, excuse me, emotional impacts. Yeah. You can't predict when they're going to happen or how they're going to happen. So the only way is spaced repetition. See, that's what the Marine Corps did for me, right? They broke me down. Look, you got a bunch of 18-year-olds that joined boot camp, that go to boot camp, right? Yeah. They all have completely different conditioning from different parts of, oh, the, yeah. of the country, yeah, yeah, yeah. different upbringings. So the drill instructor's job is to break that conditioning. Break it down to nothing and to slowly start, start building you up. Yeah, exactly. that's crazy. And that's exactly what yeah. they do, right? So that's kind of what I teach, but it's not a boot camp. Yeah. See, I start to show you. You're not forcing or yelling at people. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, like what I do when I sit with clients, yeah. right, before they become a client, whenever they're a prospect, right, yeah, prospect yeah, yeah. client, mm -hmm. I have to actually sit and talk with this person to, to find out whether or not this person is even a good okay. fit. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, no, see what kind of sense. vibes you're getting. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely. I mean, it's it's if the per look, here's what it boils down to. A lot of people don't change their current circumstances because fear. It's fear, but the desire has to be there. Of see, course. Look, yeah. Let's just say, okay. Here's the thing. You guys have goals, right? Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you have your goals clearly defined? Um, I wouldn't say clearly defined. I mean, I have a, I mean, a basic idea of what I really want to happen, okay. what I want to do. Okay. Clearly defined. Uh -huh. I don't know. That's that's probably a little bit maybe tougher. I could I, say I gotta really sit and think about. I that. could okay. say these these days now I kind of do it as far as my career. I want to be yeah a compared writer, to before hundred percent actor. But like before, I remember when I was starting off uh, as a production assistant. Uh, I definitely. I didn't have a clear idea of what I was going to do because I would have my mentor, uh, Professor Dan uh, Watanabe, like, ask me. And he would say, so what do you want to do ultimately? And I knew I liked, I loved writing. But, like, am I taking those measures right now to be a writer? I'm not. Like, I'm, lo I'm learning the production aspect. Or what needs to be done for you to beginning. get there. Or... And that's the thing. Like, it took me a while in school, of course, to realize, mm -hmm. you know what? If I want to be a writer, I got to take these steps to reach that goal. Because starting off, uh, like not having a goal set, you're just doing it blind. And you're, you could do anything. Yeah, and because you're not take just you writing. so much longer and you won't be putting that much effort into what you really want to do. Yeah. Sure, sure. 
See, see, the reason I ask if your goal is clearly defined is because it's it's kind of like most people don't have goals. Okay, first of all, let's talk about goals. Most yeah. people one don't have goals. If I ask most people, do you have goals? They'll be like, well, what do you mean? What kind of goals? Right? Paycheck to paycheck. Over right. Here in California. What kind of goals do you have? Most people don't have that. The second question then, if they say, yeah, I do have goals, is the one I asked you. Do you have it clearly defined? Yeah. If by chance they do have it clearly defined, which is about 3% yeah. of the population that has a clearly defined goal, okay? Do you have it written down? Do you have your goal written down? Like the steps of your goal or no, no, just no, no, a no, general no. Just the, main your goal? goal? What your goal is, listen. Okay, here's what I, this is what my mentor, this is what Bob's mentor did for him. He said, write down what you want, write it on a piece of paper, on like a notepad, like a three by five card. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. And carry that in your pocket everywhere you go. So I have mine, and then I'm going to pull it. It's called the goal card. Excuse me, it's called the goal card. See, I have my goal. It's wow, clearly yeah. defined. Legitly. Yeah, yeah I'm an and <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And I carry these goal card in my, in my pocket. Yeah. Okay. Now, what I do is whenever I get an opportunity, any chance that I get, I read my goal card. And the reason I do that is because I'm trying to impress my goal onto my subconscious mind. I was about to say, yeah. So it'll just, you, it'll be always on the back of your mind and it'll it keeps just. Keeps you on track, puts yeah. you on your path. Well, here's the thing what, what dictates our behavior? In your environment? Your subconscious mind. Subcon yeah. Okay. yeah. See, it's your paradigms. Yeah. Right. So when you do this, when I start to read this it, and through constant spaced repetition, it becomes implanted into my subconscious mind. Let me ask you guys a question. Have you guys, you guys have bought cars, right? Obviously, yes. Right. Have you ever bought a car and all of a sudden you start to see that car everywhere you look? Oh, yeah. yeah right? That happens. Corollas right? and Priuses all over California. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Or like, yeah. let's just say you buy a pair of shoes or something. Right. Yeah. And you start to see that everywhere you look. Everyone's, everyone's got the damn pair of shoes yeah. going on. Well, yeah. why does that happen? See, it's because you're consciously, you become aware of that. Okay? That's true. It's your awareness. Look, those shoes and those cars have always been there. Oh, yeah. It's just you're now you're aware of it. Aware of it. Yeah. Okay? So, and your subconscious mind. So, when your subconscious mind, so let's just say, for instance, you have a financial goal. And you're subconsciously telling yourself, I want to earn this much money, whatever your goal is. And yeah. you're constantly repeating. So what starts to happen is your subconscious mind starts to pay attention and look for ways in order for you to make that money, to reach that goal, yeah. whatever it is. Okay. There's a book written. It was written in 1960s by uh, Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Okay. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. Mm -hmm. And basically, okay, the word psycho means it comes from the Greek word mind. Yeah. Cybernetics is a, is a word that means steersman. Okay. Okay. Uh, or the mechanism that causes moves things, like for uh, for example, autopilot. Right? Yeah. On an airplane, right? I thought that's a cycle. That's a cybernetic system. Yeah. Okay? Now we like remember I told you guys we live from most people live from the outside in. So how do we form a paradigm? See, you first think about it consciously. The more you think about that thought, when you get emotionally attached to it. So let's just say you have a desire. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. First, you think about that desire. Then you get emotionally attached. So it goes from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind, your feeling mind. When, when it goes into your subconscious mind now, now your subconscious mind starts to act on it. Yeah, that, yeah that's actually a really good way of looking at it, definitely. That's exactly how yeah. it works. Okay. Now, your, the, the subconscious mind is like a cybernetic system. Now, we live using our five senses. We're conditioned to experience our environment with our five senses. Here's the problem. Most people use their five senses, they look at their environment, and they see the things that they don't like, the results that they don't like. Yeah. So what does that do? It causes you to start to think about the things you don't like. On a regular basis. Let's yeah. just use debt, right? Yeah. Let's use debt for, for, as an example. Oh, yeah. right? So if you're looking at, if you're constantly focused on your debt, and you start to get emotionally involved with debt, that goes into your subconscious mind. And then your subconscious mind, see, your subconscious mind does not have the ability to accept or reject ideas. Yeah. Only your conscious mind has that ability. Your subconscious mind is like a genie. Your wish is my command. Whatever is impressed upon your subconscious mind, it will make it it's going to carry it out yeah. for you. So if you're constantly thinking negative thoughts, that's why the term think positive thoughts. But I'm not talking... Not to point any fingers. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not talking about... You know, blind faith, oh, positive talk. No, no, there's a systematic way to actually go about attracting the things you want into your life. Yeah. Okay. The law of attraction from the book, The Secret, yeah, the secret we talked yeah, about. Yeah, okay? definitely. That's a secondary law from the law of vibration. That's what this is. See, what happens is when you start to think about what you really want instead of debt, right? Let's just say 
whatever your goal is. You want to make $100,000, let's just say. Yeah. If you make, that's your goal. And you start to constantly think about your goal and you start to visualize that goal and you get emotionally attached to it, your subconscious mind starts to look for ways to do that. See, what happened with Bob Proctor was this. He was making $4,000 okay, a year. Wow. Yeah. This was in the 1960s. So it's the equivalent to about $33,000. I've done Which the math. Still pretty yeah. Bad. yeah. That's pretty bad still. I was, I was, but he owed he owed five. So he was making $3,000, but he owed five. So he was just in the red. Negative. Right. He was just in a negative. Yeah. Until his mentor came and sat with him and said, listen, you know, start reading these books. Start doing, write that goal down. Yeah. So what he did is he actually took that goal card and he wrote a goal on his goal card. And his goal was to make $25,000. In a to, certain time frame? To, or? Yeah, in a okay. decade, in 10 years. He wanted to make $25,000 within 10 years. Okay. That's what he wanted to accumulate. That first year, he made $176,000. Wow. That's a hell of a difference. Yeah. 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 Right? And within five years, he was making a million dollars. He took his income to a million. Nice. Okay? Which equates to about $8 million nowadays. What was he doing? He was cleaning offices. You see, his goal of... Wanting to earn $25,000, him constantly focusing on that, what he started to do is his subconscious mind started to pay attention to yeah. trying to get that from. See, it sets up a vibration, right? And you attract your – the vibration is that feeling. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. attract whatever you're vibrating at. Oh, yeah. yeah? So what is – But the crazy part is how did he do that with just cleaning? Well, this? let me explain yeah. to you. So here's what happens. Some guy one day, you know, he heard the conversation said, you know, there's good money in cleaning floors. Okay. So that caused him to think about, okay, so he went and bought a, uh, those buffer, those yeah, cleaning, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. those buffering machines and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Plug it in, yeah. So he started doing that. So he started doing part-time cleaning floors, right? And he led to more business, more business. The next thing you know, he started hiring people. And he went from cleaning offices in Canada to the U.S. and London. Okay, that's oh, how wow. his company grew. So that's that's what happens. That's the power of your subconscious mind. Now, all of you guys, listen, we need to think about what you want right now. See, the key is this. The reason why most people don't have what they want is because it's what's stopping them is fear, fear and doubt. Fear and doubt, definitely. It stops people from – because here's the thing. Most people don't know how something's going to happen. Like they set a goal and it's so big and they don't even know how it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of like you're, you're feeling secure of – where you're at right now and you're yeah you are scared it's fear to, to fear try a has, new thing that might might not be successful like you think it might not be successful so it, well, it's see, hard that's that's the thing listen and that's see bob calls that the terror barrier everything i'm telling you guys right now this is the type of stuff that we get into detail and yeah. we actually like i take my clients through a six months process like this is a process yeah you know? sure. it's taken people their entire life to build the negative habits that they have Right, and then to break it down and change. Yeah, right, definitely. it doesn't. You're see, and that's the thing. Like I've had clients sit there, were like, "Oh yeah, I watch Bob Proctor YouTube videos." Right? I'm like, "Bro, if that was gonna help you, reading books was gonna help you, everyone would be a billionaire right now." You oh, know what yeah. I mean? No, we've all read those books. Right. Yes. See, Bob, who's been studying this for fifty-seven years, fifty-eight years, and he says, "Look, man, you know, p paradigms." are very difficult to change. They are very resistant. They don't want you to change. They want to stay comfortable. He goes, in my 57 years of doing this, I've never met a person who has been able to do it by themselves. They've all had a mentor. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. And it's also the like, even if you're being mentored, uh, well, I feel like that helps you way more because the moment you doubt yourself, your mentor is there to push you back and put you on track. And that's what I feel like people fail on their goals because they have something. Uh, you need that they push. Get, they get this one brick in the road push. and they just stop. They give up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But if right. you had someone to push you after that brick, you're like, you know what? It's not even the push too. It's the motivating factor of it also. That has everything to do with it. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, guys. Look, for that push that you're talking about is this. Bob calls – it's called accountability, okay? Bob calls, okay, accountability the insurance policy for success. Yeah. When you have somebody to hold you accountability, see, when you say I'm going to do something and you have someone there to be like, well, did you do what? Well, why not? You know, why don't you do that? You can do this, right? That's accountability. Most oh, yeah. people don't want to be held accountable. Yeah. One. See, the thing is also, Vasil, like most people don't understand what they're capable of. Look, you are a spiritual being. We all are spiritual yeah. beings. Yeah. And we've been created, and this is based on scripture. 
we've been created in the creator's image. God, as I call it, you can call it source, you can call it universe, you can call it whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. Okay? And the reason I say that is because I've actually talked to other people about this stuff. And for whatever reason, when I called it God, they have a problem with it. But the second I switch it to universe, they don't have an issue with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the same exact thing. Yeah. Okay. Now, I refer to it as God. This same source, this same creator, what is the creator's job? To create. And he created you in his image. So what is your job? It's to create. Listen, every this microphone that I'm talking into right now, this started off as an image in somebody's mind. Oh, yeah. And it became a physical manifestation, came into reality. Yeah. Right? Our job is to create. Your job is to express yourself. You know, this might be an episode for another time. Oh, yeah. Okay? No, definitely. Where... You know, I've had some very spiritual moments in my life where I've had a direct connection with God and I've been able to ask questions. I get answers that were just, I know what my purpose is. Yeah. Okay? I know what, what I'm here to do. I know that I'm a spiritual being and I'm divinely protected. Dude, God, God is your creator. You know what I mean? Like you have everything. Most of us have an inheritance that's unimaginable. You can't even fathom what you currently have in this time. Yeah. The problem is most people don't understand what they are, right? It goes back to who are you? Who are you? Most people don't stop to ask themselves that question. See, ask yourself the beliefs that you have right now. Are those your beliefs? Did you choose these beliefs? No, bro. You just learn it. No, you're programmed. Yeah, exactly. Not the Put it in a bad way, but you're programmed. Right. Okay. So, you know, for instance, in this culture, in the Armenian culture, this is what we do. You know, we barbecue and we drink shots. You know, like <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, yeah. Family, friends. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a certain way of doing things. And other cultures, they have a different way of, you know, expressing yeah. themselves. The, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's just culture. That's just what you've been taught. But that's not weird. The only reason you like the food you like is because that's what your parents fed you. Why? Because that's what they liked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so on. And so on yeah. and so on. Well, in my case, I, I like every kind of food. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, as you can tell from my uh, muscles. Sure. <laughs> Again, that's kind of what life is about, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's self-realization. See, the people that are really successful, right? There's a lot of people. Like Bob, he was kind of an unconscious competent. See, most of these people that are super high-level successful, right? Elon Musk, yeah. Warren Buffett, all these people, right? They're hop operating at a higher understanding of these physical and these laws, these yeah, spiritual yeah. laws, right? They un they're operating at these laws, but a lot of them don't understand these laws. What do I mean by that is a lot of people, if you were to ask, well, how did you become so successful? Well, I started a business. Well, how many people start businesses and oh, fail, right? Millions. Whole bunch. Right. Millions bunch. just in Southern California. It's, it's not just about starting the business. See, these people can't pass on. It's, it's difficult for them to, to describe to their, their children and, and to pass on this yeah. knowledge. Napoleon Hill did that. Napoleon Hill was actually commissioned by Andrew Carnegie, right, um, to write a book called Think and Grow Rich. Okay. This is the book that Bob reads every day, and he's been reading for the past 57 years, every single day. Like, if you see the, his book, it's in tatters. Pages are falling out. Like, I mean, this I'm thing sure is, he has it marked everywhere. Probably. Everywhere marked. Yeah. I mean, that's all he does is reads this book every single day. He studies this material every single day. And see, I do the same. I study every single day, every day. Because, listen, you got to understand, for me too, like these books, they, they keep you in a high vibration. Yeah. Most of us, you know, we have our good days and bad days. Yeah, yeah. But now I know how to get myself out of a bad vibration. Because I don't want to be in a bad vibration. Why? Because I know what I attract yeah. Yeah. if I stay in a bad vibration. So something for the listeners here. If you're feeling down, if you're in a bad vibration, do this. Take out a pad and write 10 things that you're grateful for. 10 things. Okay? Now I'm, I'll give you an example. See, I didn't really understand how good i had it until i was in the military see when i was overseas i was in sand and rocks and rubble and dust right 24 7 really heavy heat yeah super heavy heat so i started to really be grateful for air conditioning also i became very grateful for sidewalks i'm sure okay having sidewalks having something concrete to stand on instead of being you know, in mud and dirt and dust all the time. Yeah. Right. And looking over your shoulder. Right. If the car is going to hit you or not. Right. So I started appreciating the color green. 
you know, because for an entire year, all you see is different shades of brown, yeah. right? Well, like I remember landing and seriously look like seeing grass for the first time, and it was so bright to my eyes, like I hadn't seen anything like that for ages. It felt yeah. like you know. So start to write down things you're grateful for, and as soon as you start to do that, you'll start to see and notice your you'll well, not see, but you'll start to notice yourself shifting, your vibration shifts. Because you're focusing on the things that you do have instead of the things that you, you don't, don't have. have. Yeah. Okay? Which is, I think in society, it's a regular way that people look at life. Right. Which is not good, healthy. Well, see, I think we're designed to to think negatively yeah. anyways. See, look, let's think of it from a, a ancestral point, point of view, right? Let's just say there's movement in the bushes. You have to think negative. Like, you have to think that's got to be a tiger, right? <laughs> Because you need to or survive. Or something that's going to attack. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, if you don't do that, it could mean life or death. No, 100%. Right? No. I mean, that's the first thing you would think. You wouldn't really think, oh, it might be a harmless creature. or Correct. Or like, not, it might even be nothing. Wind, for example. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You know? So, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, because of our survival instincts, instinctual. Right? You that's what it the is. Worst. Right. Yeah. And look, most people, I kind of want to touch on this, too, is... As far as thinking is concerned, right? When I say most people don't look, most people just react. Yeah. Most people don't think. See, the difference between reaction or when someone's thinking, someone's not thinking is just when you're not thinking, you're reacting, right? Yeah. It's a reflex. Mm -hmm. That's why boxers, MMA, all these guys, right? They practice the same motion over and over and over again. Why? Because it becomes instinctual. Second nature. Right. Second nature. Someone throws a swing at you, you know how to duck. Counter. Counter. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. So... That's really what it boils down to is we react. And again, constant spaced repetition, right? That's that's really interesting. Right? So think about that, right? But when you respond, see, to respond, you have to think. You have to become conscious and aware of your thoughts. So let's just say you're in traffic. What do most people flip out? They have road rage. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone else likes to honk their horn in California. Right. (laughs) Right? It's a disgusting thing. Right. So, I mean, if you're sitting there and someone cuts you off, right, most people instinctually are like, oh, my God, that inconsiderate, you know, SOP, whatever, yeah, so on and so yeah. forth. Why? You know, I can't believe that person would come. Well, you don't even know that person's, you know, mom what just is- passed away. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're thinking or about what, something. What's going different. on? Right. Exactly. That's what – actually, that's what I do right now. I'm like, okay, this guy's stopped at the light and 10 people are honking at him nonstop, yelling at him. I'm like, you don't know what this guy just went through. Like, yeah, it could be Give really him a break. Yeah, He's going to drive. Like, it takes – Two seconds and they're already honking. Exactly. But yeah. that's that's the thing about I feel like LA you, you see that a lot. Like you don't see like anywhere you leave where it's like more uh, like Midwest big, or big, like big city problem. Big city, yeah, you see that heavily. Yeah, you guys want to know something interesting? It's something I've I've observed and you know I, I'm I'm sure there's other people who've observed the same thing. Is have you guys ever noticed how? You know, you're accelerating because you want to switch lanes, and the person next to you starts to accelerate. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you guys notice how that happens? Oh, yeah, it's dirty. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. you know why that happens? Why? It's because the, no one likes to be passed up. It's an ego thing. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, people don't want to be left behind. People don't want to fall behind. They want to win. No one wants to lose. Yeah. You know? That's what it is. That's really what, And it's happening subconsciously. But I know. But the, the, the problem is it's just creating more negativity. Of course it is. For I, I personally feel like more for them but here's like what you I, get mad if, i don't depending on your situation for example like if you're at peace more and you understand everything better mm-hmm. you would probably be like okay this guy is probably having a bad day whatever it's all about but, awareness yeah that's all it is man listen this is what i'm saying look you gotta understand we have awareness and we have individual awareness but we also have a collective human consciousness yeah now, if you think about it look at right now there's crazy stuff happening in our society there are more and more people that are going vegetarian. More and more people that are becoming vegan. Yeah. You know, more and more people that are becoming aware of, you know, man, all this stuff. What are we eating? What are we putting into our bodies? No, definitely. Right? It's because people are waking up. There's a spiritual movement going yeah. on. And a lot of people don't even recognize what is going on. Some people is like, oh, it's a, it's just a fad. I'm going to be a vegetarian. You know, but no, no, it's no. causing people. The, why is that happening? It's evolution, man. During the dark ages, look at the dark ages where you had the black plague and all these oh, negative, yeah. like yeah. all this bad stuff was yeah. happening. Is because human collective consciousness was at a certain level. But see, like I was telling you the other day, was we've all the the means to fly an airplane have always been here. Electricity has always been here. The light bulb, right? 
Yeah. Always been here. But until we were able to become con- like a mo- an automobile, until we became consciously aware of how to direct electricity and the, the automobile engine, how to build the automobile engine and stuff like that, how to principles that govern flight. Yeah. Until yeah. we became aware of those things, which is just a- awareness. Your awareness yeah. is going up. And that's the thing. Like, look at what technology has done. Oh, yeah. How many people are you going to be touching with just this? You know, podcast recording. People all over the it's, world. It's, a, it's crazy, yeah, because it's internet. Anybody pretty much have access. Right. So. You know, it definitely made it easier. And uh, speaking on behalf of filmmakers, like I remember, um, if you look back in the days, if you look back in the days, basically, uh, you had the big studios and they would do this big, big theatrical releases. But now uh, we live in that time where you have Netflix and Amazon and all YouTube and YouTube Red and all this stuff where you can put your a lot more stuff. platforms. A lot of much. platforms yeah. where it's possible for a filmmaker any type of creative to put your or, product and yeah. content on these platforms. Same thing with the podcast. We're we're basically on a channel and uh, we're broadcasting our podcast. Like yeah. if we just if it was just specific radio and like we didn't have these technologies out there. We wouldn't be on. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this right now. No, sure, sure. So it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, I mean, guys, look, what you guys are doing is, I, I really love the fact that you guys started a podcast because I know you guys talked about it for quite some yeah. time. So, you know, you guys passed through a point of like a terror barrier. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys, there was you were unsure, there was doubt. Oh yeah, definitely. And listen, what the the thing that kind of leads to all this stuff is. I don't mean this in any insensitive or derogatory oh, way, no, okay? no, no, no. but big, really. the biggest problem, the biggest problem in the world, according to my mentor, according to Bob, is ignorance. It's ignorance, right? See, like for instance, when a kid comes and you know says, oh, I want to do this, right? Most adults are like, well, how are you going to do that? Most people don't know how you're going to do that. Yeah. If I can say one thing, like a lesson, a big, big takeaway is this. I don't worry about the how. See, the how is not for me to figure. It's a, that's his realm. Mm-hmm. He does the how. All I do is I, I point my subconscious mind to what I want, my goal, and he figures out everything else. The how is his realm. Because listen, when you look at your own life and the things that you've accomplished, if you were to go back to when you first had that desire, would you have ever been able to plan out everything that happened the way you got to your destination? No, not at impossible. all. It's not possible. Right. Yeah. So what happens? The only thing we can do is look backwards, right? And yeah. connect the dots of how things happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what it's about. See, but people get scared and they worry. See, see, when you have a desire, what happens? You, you start to, when you can't see how you're going to get the resources you need. Yes. How you're going to get the funds, the people, the connections, whatever. When you can't see that and you can't logically figure that out, what happens is it, it registers in your mind and you start to think about doubt yeah. and yeah. worry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing you think about. Exactly. So what does, that, what does that do? It causes you to, at an emotional level, subconsciously experience fear. Fear then expresses itself as anxiety. Yeah. Okay? Physically, you experience anxiety. Now, when you... Ex- start to suppress your anxiety you depress you become depressed yeah okay that's called depression depression leads to dis-ease okay you start to get sick and right your body Mm -hmm. weak which leads to disintegration that's one side of the coin everything there's a law of polarity says there's look you can't have an up without a down yeah you can't have an inside without outside you can't have a hot without a cold there's a law of polarity. Oh, yeah. Okay? Now, the flip side to that, see, that's ignorance. The flip side to that is knowledge. Yeah. This is why I study, is knowledge. When you start to understand, is understanding. See, there's understanding. So instead of worry and doubt, you have understand, understanding. Understanding, right, leads you to, to experience faith. You have faith because you understand. See, the one thing that fear and faith share in common is this. They ask you to believe in something that cannot be seen. Yeah. But you have a choice which one you want to believe in. Now, through understanding, you start to realize, I am a you know, spiritual being. I'm a child of God. There are all these laws. Like It's in scripture. It's, it's everywhere. More and more science is pointing that everything is an intelligent design. It's yeah. been designed by an yeah. intelligent designer. You can't get away from that. You know, No matter how hardcore, atheist, whatever you want to be, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, that's, this is the reality. But you can't get away from it. Right? That leads to you being at ease. Okay, which causes you to accelerate. And next thing you know, you guys have been in the flow. 
right? Yeah. You guys have been in the flow, and that leads to creation instead of disintegration. No, that makes definitely sense. Definitely. Well, I gotta say, Vartan, uh, thank you for setting us straight. <laughs> and honestly, like, uh, just talking to you, like, it's it's been a very positive experience. Uh, sure. How do we? How does the listener? Oh, uh, how get can in they reach you? Yeah. You? Please share some info. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, the probably the best way. I mean, what I usually do is I I, I sit with people and I'll have a conversation, one on one conversation. Again, like I said, you know, I I, I want to sit and kind of find out what that person wants to do, what their goal is, oh, yeah. what they're trying to accomplish, where they're trying to go, and then I'll go and talk about my coaching program and see if it's a good fit for them or not. The best way to actually reach me, you can access my calendar and set up a time. And date that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you fill out some information. I'll give you a call, and we can, you know, have a conversation, and kind of go from there. And the best way to do that is to reach me at uh, calendly.com. So that's spelled C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com/slash/Vartan Avanesian. That's V as in Victor, A-R-T-A-N, A, V as in Victor, A. N-E-S-I-A-N. Vartan, Vartan, thank you thank so you much for much being here. Thanks for having me. It was a really uh, eye-opening experience. Oh, yeah. You definitely, definitely set helpful. me on track as far as my goals. And you definitely need that occasionally. Sure. So you could reach your goals and be on the right path. So thank you for that. Of course. And uh, thank you for Thanks being again, on Vartan. our show. I wish you the best. Thank Thanks, you guys. No, I, I know you guys are going to be very successful at the stuff. I can definitely sense it. I see the vibration because I can tell that you guys – really love what you do you know and that thank you that's a that's a big criteria to being successful yeah you know is to love what you do which most people don't so with that said thank you guys for having me (laughs) thank you for being here we'll definitely see you again for sure thank you thank you all right